Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. Don't worry, I'm not going to use all these notebooks I brought up. (laughs) But everything's been a whirlwind. Everything's been moving so quick since conference. We've been trying to pack. We've been showing our home. And that wasn't our plan when we left to go to conference. And so sometimes when things are moving so fast, I know pastor said, hey, make sure you have a jacket on Sunday. Because I normally don't. I just have a shirt and tie. So he said, bring the jacket. So I'm going through stuff and putting clothes in a bag. Okay, th- this, my jacket is here. Put that there. The other stuff I don't need is there. Things are moving so fast and messing around threw the bag away. <laughs> so I came home last night and I'm trying to find a place where I can find a jacket and this and that and didn't work. Amen. But I have a great pastor and he always has something. So hooked me up with a jacket. Amen. But just with that, with that being said, I feel like for those that don't know, maybe we have some guests in here. Maybe we have visitors or you haven't remembered in a while, the vision of our church. It's evangelism, discipleship, and church planning. So reach, teach, and send. I think that's very vital in the growth of a believer. Discipleship is the key. And it's one of those things, when I, when I came into this church and I got saved, there was a lot of things that, that blew me away. A lot of things. Like I grew up in church, but it was just in here. It was never in my heart. It didn't, it didn't mean anything to me. It was just, this is what we did on Sundays. So when I got here, I I told Pastor one time, I said, I learned more in three weeks than I've ever learned in my life about Christ. And back then, I was only going to one service a week, just Sunday morning. And so I was thinking this morning about just the thoughts that went through my mind when I first got here. I remember the praise and worship. It was different than what I was used to. There was no clapping. It was just, you kind of stand there and stand there. So... Here, I was like, man, the worship is great, this and that. And I, I thought they wrote all the songs that they were playing. I didn't, I didn't know any of these songs. And then after a while, maybe a month or so, I looked up. I said, let me see if somebody else sings these songs. And I found out, oh, these are, these are actually real songs that they're singing up here for praise and worship. There were times I was in the back, and I had my phone out recording just so I could remember some of the songs, sing them at home. I asked Pastor one time, I said, can you give me a list of of, of songs that I can listen to. So I actually know the worship songs that are up here. And, and even in the beginning, I share this towards the end, we'd, we'd have the clapping and, and that, that kind of was a little different for me. So, so people were clapping and, and I remember a long time ago when we were younger, we went to a church in Nigeria and uh, there was clapping, there was shouting and there was all kinds of stuff. So I was just sitting in the back just waiting. Okay, who's gonna do the backflip? Who's gonna do this? Who's gonna... And it, and it never happened. And so I'm thankful for this church. This church has grown me a lot. Pastor has been great. And you'll hear more about that in a little bit. But I want to focus on discipleship. So if you're taking notes, the title of this message is Discipling versus Discussing. And it's one of those things, like Pastor mentioned, we met on the basketball court. And, and back then, I was a little wild. I would get mad, throw basketballs, kick basketballs, cuss, and all that stuff. And whenever I found out he was the pastor, I was like, why didn't you say anything? 
<laughs> and he just said he was praying for me. And, it, and, it, and it's interesting because it, it goes back to, to the order of things. He, wasn't, he couldn't teach me until he was able to reach me. And so that's where the evangelism goes. You can't teach somebody the things of God if they haven't given their life and want to surrender to Christ. And so there was times we'd go around different places, and I would just wonder, man, how can guys act like this? They say they love God. They say they believe in God. And one of the things he mentioned to me is it's about discipleship. A lot of people aren't discipled, and it goes back to there's a lot of discussions going on. There's a lot of places where they're not being changed. If you're being discipled, you're going to be changed. I remember there were certain things that I did when I first got saved that I don't do now because I've been discipled, because somebody went in the Word and showed me what the Bible says. I found out that you do have to give an account for every word that you say in Matthew. So now I can't talk like I used to talk. And, it, and it's one of those things the Bible even says in Matthew that you'll know them by their fruits. It says a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. But a lot of times if you don't have somebody breaking it down, you're kind of just going with what you think is right. Amen? And so I just want to just reiterate, discipleship is one of the things that has grown this church. When I first got saved, we had men's discipleship at 6 a.m. Now we have it at 5.30. And so it was maybe a couple months, I'm guessing, and pastor said, hey, uh, when are you going to start coming to men's discipleship? I was like, what do you mean? Is that supposed to be for me? You said it's at 6 o'clock. I'm not doing anything that early. But I decided to go, and I started going, and I started learning, and I started, and I started growing because I was able to ask questions. I was able to see things in the Word. When I, when I first got saved, I, had, I found this, my notebook. I'm trying to find the exact page, but it's not that important right now. So it was September, I believe, 13th, something like that. It was a Sunday, September 8th, 9th, something like that, 2013. So when I got saved. And the title of the message was, Jesus is Coming. And then I remember I had two verses on there. And in one of the verses in parentheses, it said, read the whole chapter. Now, I have more than a couple words when I take notes. <laughs> but it was one of those things at that time when, when God grabs a hold of you, you want to learn more. You want to grow. That, that day, I had so many questions. I was like, I didn't know Jesus was coming back. I didn't know any of that stuff. I went to college. I was a history major. I, I was like, how come I never knew any of this? 22, 23 years old, nobody's ever told me. So what I did is I went back and I read that whole chapter. And then I read the whole book of Revelations, and I did all of that stuff, and I just wanted to learn more. And we had a pastor who was accessible that we can ask questions, and he'll show us. And there wasn't any dumb questions along the way. But the thing about discipleship that I began to see. I remember I, I was super naive in the beginning because this is, this is all I knew. I remember we had a guy in the church that I asked pastor, I said, hey, where's, where's so-and-so at? He's still on vacation? And he was like, no, he left the church. And I was like, why would anybody leave here? Like, I'm thinking all the things God set me free from, the things that he's doing in my life, I would, I would never leave. I, me and Joy were talking about this the other day. We remember when we got married, that was back when we had Sunday morning and Sunday night services. So we got married at church during that morning service, and I told pastor, I said, hey, um, we're going to try our best. We might be a couple minutes late because we're going to check into the hotel before we go on our honeymoon. And he was like, you don't have to come back Sunday night. You just got married. 
but but that's that's all that's all we knew and it and it was that important but when you're being discipled discipleship will take you to a crossroads where you have to make a decision at some point you're going to be uncomfortable and at some point you're going to have to put off the things you used to do so if you have your bibles we'll open up to second timothy chapter 4 beginning in verse 9 Say amen when you get there. So beginning in verse 9, it says, Be diligent to come to me quickly. These are the Apostle Paul's words. He's discipled Demas. He's discipled many people. And this was his letter to Timothy. So just as pastors discipled many in this place and he's discipled me, it's a similar situation as, as he follows Christ and he grows in Christ. Obviously, it doesn't take away from us Number one, following Christ, but we're following his lead as he follows Christ through the word of God. Amen. It says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Antiochus I have sent to Ephesus. So as you look at that. If you go to verse 10, it says, for Demas has forsaken me. And, and what was interesting as I was reading on this, it doesn't, it doesn't give us too much detail on this. It doesn't say, for Demas has denied the faith or Demas has done this. It says, he's forsaken me. Meaning, Demas was following Paul. He was, he was being used. He was having an impact. But somewhere along the line of discipleship, he forsake Paul. And it gives us an interesting fact. It says he has loved this present world. And I did some research on Thessalonica. As you look at Thessalonica, it was a big city. It was a prosperous city. There was a lot of people there. So you could look at Demas like, well, Paul, we're doing the same old thing week after week. I want something flashier. I want something where all the people are. I want something where I might get a little more credit. And that's what he did. He departed. And there's no other part in the Bible that ever mentions Demas again. So it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing when you walk away from discipleship. You can be uncomfortable, but in the church world today, a lot of times we can see, well, all the people are over there. These places are packed. There's hundreds of people going there, and, and they have these programs and the sound and smoke and all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, are you being discipled? Are you growing? I was at the barber shop on Friday, and I was listening to a conversation that two people were having. They talked for 15 minutes about their church. And so at first I was listening to music, but then I wanted to really hear what they were talking about. And they were going back and forth on, my church shouts. Well, my church shouts every other Sunday. Or my, my worship leader does this and, this, and we do this, and blah, blah, blah. In 15 minutes, there was never one mention of Jesus. There was never one mention of souls being saved. There was no mention of lives being changed. And, and, and I'm not saying those people don't love God or however they've made up God in their mind, but it doesn't line up with this. And it comes down to discipleship. And as, as we continue to go through church, for the ones who are in this place, be thankful. Be thankful that we have discipleship. Be thankful that we have men discipling men and women discipling women that we can grow. I remember however many times Friday mornings, Joy would be like, I'm jealous. You guys have discipleship every, every Friday. And I used to have to share the messages with her. 
Amen? So as, as you look at discipleship, I wrote down, in true biblical discipleship, it's either grow or go. You can't stay comfortable if you're being discipled and discipling. If you have your Bibles, we'll open up to 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. I pray that you will arrest our minds and speak to us through your word, Lord God, that when we leave this place, we will leave with a burden for the lost, that we will leave looking to seek you, that we will leave changed, Lord God, and that there will be fruit from your word and from this message. We give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Timothy, my dear son, this is Paul again, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed, confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. As we look at that, I just want to focus on that again. He's not asking a question. He's, he's telling him. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. And we're all supposed to be soldiers in, in the army of God. Amen? It says, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And we know the person who enlisted us is Christ. It says, and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. So if you're taking notes, I want to give you four keys to discipleship. Key number one, discipleship takes discernment. So as we go back to the verse, I believe, let's go to verse two. So it says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. So it takes discernment. You have to be able to discern, is this person wanting to learn? Is this person wanting to grow? Or is this person just want to have a discussion? Does this person just want to have a debate? In true discipleship, it's a two-way street. Somebody's pouring into some, someone, and the other person is receiving. A lot of times we can get to the point where we're listening and we're trying to help somebody, but after a while, if, if there's no response, if there's no change, our eyes need to be open on who's the next person we can disciple. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus provides seed to the sower, meaning we're all called to sow seed. And if, there's, if this person doesn't want to receive, he'll find another person over here that's ready to receive. Somebody who may not know the truth, may not know God, may be hurting, but is looking for an answer. Amen? Number two, it says we must endure suffering together. And one of the things I put, I said, are you willing to make yourself vulnerable or sacrifice the things you enjoy or feel like you need. I remember when, after I got saved and, and pastor, he, he told me that it'd be a good idea to go to conference. I could learn, I could grow in Colorado Springs and can't remember what was going on at the time. I told him it would, it would be a little hard and we made a way. I think I got a ride with somebody and going back, he drove all the way back. I rode back with him. He even got us a hotel and we were roommates at the conference. He could have easily used this as, hey, I've been busy. This is time I can spend with my wife, 
my kids, but he, he allowed me to room with him, sacrificing his own comfort for discipleship. Number three, it says, as disciples, those discipling can't be worried about the cares of this world. Romans 12, 2 tells us that we're not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might, may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And renewing is ongoing. We never get to the point, even though we're going to Garland to get sent out, I'm not being sent out with no pastor. I still have a pastor. The discipleship still continues. So as I try to reach someone else, I'm still listening and learning from what my pastor's teaching me. Amen? And it's a cycle that continues and affects many. Number four says there's order we must follow. And, and this has been broken down easily for us. It goes back to the vision of our church to reach, teach, and send. Growing up, like I said, I grew up in church, but the order was off. I was, I was being taught, but I was never, no one ever reached me. So if, if, you're, if you're trying to teach somebody Bible stories and they've never had an experience, they've never had a real encounter with God, they're just fables. They're just stories just like they used to tell you in school. There's no real meaning behind it if you've never had that experience, if you've never seen, if your life has never been changed. It's just tradition. And, and I lived in that tradition. I've seen many people affected and hurt and, and missing out on what God's destiny is for them because they're stuck in tradition because they've never given Jesus their heart. So Jesus gives us the order in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, go. That's the reach. If you're going to reach someone, if you're going to evangelize, you have to go. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples. That's the teach. That's the discipleship. It's not like Victory World Outreach said, hey, reach, teach, sin sounds good. Let's just put it on a whole bunch of posters. We're going off the Bible. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them, there goes the teach again, to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? And that's one of the things that I stood on as far as if he called us, and I know he called us, he'll equip us. He'll figure everything else out. And so many might be in this place of, oh, Brian, he, he, He's been able to preach sometimes. Sometimes he does the offering. He's been in different ministries. He knew he was getting sent out. No, that's not the case. <laughs> that's not the case at all. We went to conference. We flew out on Monday. The previous Saturday, we have Xavier from, from Houston who's staying with us this year. I met with his dad. I met with him, and there wasn't any talk about anything in Garland or going to Garland. That wasn't in our minds at all. It was him coming to high school, the school I coach at, and him playing and graduating and getting better and basketball and blah, blah, blah. And the whole time over the last six to nine months, my family is my witness. Me and Joy, we've talked about selling our home in September, October sometime and using that money to invest it in a Christian franchise. We looked at Chick-fil-A. We looked at In-N-Out, but you can't franchise the In-N-Out, but we, we knew it had to be something Christian. We didn't want to commit to something, and then they come out with stuff that we don't agree with. And then after all this kind of happened, we kind of looked at each other and was like, 
We're investing in the Christian franchise. <laughs> it's definitely Christian, amen? And so it was, it was one of those things where we went to conference and I had it all planned out. How many of you have, have planned things out and God says otherwise quickly? So I planned it out. We talked about the whole way. I'm bothering her, telling her, I already know the three to five couples that are getting sent out. It's going to be so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. We never at once ever was like, what if it's us or that wasn't in the conversation. It was going to be them and them, and we're looking forward to clapping and, and joking with them, saying, hey, you guys always joked around calling me pastor, and now you guys are going to be pastors. And so we continued with that, and everything was going as planned. Everything was going as planned until Wednesday. On Wednesday, Pastor Abe opened up the conference that morning, and, and he was speaking to me. And, and it, and it kind of made me a little, and, and it's crazy because you, you go into these conferences, you said, Lord, I want you to speak directly to me so I know it's me. And he's speaking to me, and I'm looking like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> and so the next message was Pastor Collins. So I texted Joy. I said, hey, this is a really good message. I think, I think you, should, you should hear it. It was about joy and things like that. So after those two messages, we had the break to eat or whatever, and and I looked at it, I said, well, we're going to have something to talk about. Because Joy had to, she had to work in the morning, so she was working from the hotel, so she couldn't make the morning sessions. So I said, okay, the first message was for me, second one was for her, so now we good. And, <laughs> and then the third one, Pastor Marshall, he might as well just called my name. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was directly to me. I texted Joy, I said, man, I feel like Pastor Marshall's speaking directly to me. All, the, all the, the hairs on my arm are standing up. So in typical fashion, when she's working, she doesn't respond to my text. But I know she sees it. So the message continues on, and, and, I'm, and in my head, I'm, just, I'm being challenged, and I'm thinking, well, I might have to step out and do this because I don't know how much time I have left. And five seconds later, Pastor Marshall says, there's not much time left. And I said, oh, man. <laughs> so, I, so I texted my wife, and I said, I'm about to send Pastor that text. And she knows that text means I'm going to tell him I'm ready. And so in typical fashion, I text her. I said, hey, I'm about to send Pastor that text. And she responds, okay, just make sure you bring some waters on the way back. <laughs> so when she does stuff like that, I know, like, okay, she's busy or whatever, but this is, this is what we're supposed to do. And so after the service, Pastor called a lot of the guys over, and, and him and Pastor Mario spoke with us, and, and he said, if you, if you feel this same burden in 24 hours, come back and let us know. And, and I pulled Pastor aside right away. I said, I don't need 24 hours. I know this is what we need to do. And amen. And it was one of those things where I didn't, when I told him this is what we're going to do, I don't need 24 hours, I still never talked to Joy yet. But I know she's supportive. She's behind it. She's a, she's a great prayer warrior. She's supportive. So it was, it was no question. And so we kind of looked at each other like, here we go. And, and we have things that got to get going. Bria's going to eventually change schools. We're moving to a new city. It's not like we know anybody in Garland but how 
how God, when I know God is speaking to me, you got to just go. And, and I've, I've had this feeling twice in my life. Whenever that, that day I got saved, I put myself on blast. This just shows you how you can grow. We have an altar call. Every service I went before I got saved, as soon as it got to the altar call, I would just shut it off. Because in my head, all I heard was, who's been baptized? And I was like, oh, I was baptized as a baby. This doesn't have nothing to do with me, even though I'm living crazy. But the day I got saved, I actually heard what pastor said. And, and I knew at that moment I had to give my life to Christ. It was no question about it. It wasn't a, is this real? Is this whatever? I knew it. I knew it. And it was one of those things where it's like I couldn't afford not to. And so as, as Pastor Marshall was, was preaching, I got that feeling again. And it's been nine years almost that I knew I couldn't even imagine what would have happened if, if I didn't say yes, that we were ready to go. And, and one time we, we were going to get something to eat, and we talked, and we was like, if we don't go now, what would our lives look like in five years? Yeah, we'll, we'll still be in church, but what are we going to be doing? We're still doing small group, and there's nothing wrong with small group, but we know we are called to do more. Amen? And so, as, as like I said, hey, we, we got going. So we got back Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday we went, we went out to Garland looking for places, and, and we saw a, a hotel building, and the size of the conference room was nice, and we were excited about it, and on the way back, Joy was saying, well, the card technically says Dallas. I don't know if it's going to be okay because we're supposed to be in Garland. And then, so you know me, I'm trying to figure out a way to justify it. So I'm, I Googled the same address and just put Garland, and then something popped up. I said, well, some places is Garland, some is Dallas. It, it might work. I said, I'll talk to pastor about it. And so I went back the next day, and that didn't work. <laughs> that place wasn't going to work. And so I'm driving around, and I find another hotel. And this place, it had another conference room, and this one was already set up for a church, like they just had service. And so I was like, this is good size, and, and I was excited about it. Everything said Garland on it. And um, I spoke with the owner. I didn't even know she was the owner at the time. And she said, I would love to have churches in my hotel. And um, she was like, but we have two churches that come on Saturdays and Sundays. So in my flesh, like I, was, like I was saying earlier, I didn't even really feel like this, but I just felt like I was supposed to act like this. So she was like, we already have two churches in there. So I was like, oh, man. But I didn't feel like it was over. I just felt like doing that. And so, so I was like, well, what time are their services? And she said, they actually start at 2.30. And I was like, okay. I said, we'll be long gone by then. She was like, yeah, they come in to set up around 1.30. And I was like, well, we're looking at from 9 to 12. Give us time to set up. Give us time to do all that. She was like, oh, that, that's great. She was like, well, take my number. I'll take your number, and we'll reach out in, in a couple days and, and see if it will work. And I was like, okay. And she was like, so just let me know when you want to call. I was like, what am I supposed to call you for? She was like, to let me know if you're interested. I said, no, we're, we're interested. And she was like, okay, well, give me a couple days. And so long story short, we signed the contract on the place. It was a great price. Uh, we went back, I think, last weekend to see the place, and the way they had it set up was great. And I asked one of the guys working there, I said, well, when we come, we're going to need to take this first row, and we'll, we'll take it to the back just to have it lined up how we want to. He's like, no, 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 no. We'll do it exactly how you want it. He's like, this is, this is, your, this is your room. Whatever you want, we're going to do it. 
and, and it was just it was just amazing. Amen. And and on the way out, he said, "Hey, I've been at this hotel for 22 years. I've seen churches. I just want to let you know, just stick with it." And I said, "Praise God." <laughs> and then I, I did ask him. I said. Um, do you work on Sundays? He's like, I'm here all the time. I said, hey, you're more than welcome to, to come to our services. He said, I'm Jewish, but I'm into all that stuff. And I said, hey. <laughs> so you're welcome to come to all of that stuff. Amen. And I just want to share at the end, like I said, we've, we've, we've been working. We've been working towards it. We know God is in it, and when God's in it, there's no need to focus on all the things that don't matter. And And I think Dwayne said it earlier, Jesus should be the center. Like when he was telling Martha, it's, it's Jesus. It's not about, hey, where are we going to stay? How are we going to get there? How, if God calls you, he'll equip you. Amen. So at that time, I've, I've been praying and, and wanting to reach people. And, and I saw a guy that I mentioned on Wednesday. I believe it was a couple Wednesdays ago. I opened up in prayer and I said to pray for him that he posted some stuff that wasn't like him. And it's not like I know him personally. But we've had interactions through through business and work, and I reached out to him, and he told, and I and I said, hey, well, well, I'll pray for you, and he said, prayer doesn't work. And long story short, he he had a lot going on in his life, and and I asked if he'd be okay with us meeting up. So we met up the Thursday before last, and so we're, he said he walks this trail a couple times, and it's good to kind of relax his mind and this and that. So. I'm listening to him, he's talking, he's opening up. I'm sharing a couple things about the word, but I'm, I'm letting him talk, I'm letting him vent, I'm letting him do all of that. And as we're walking, because he said he, he does this a couple times a day. So we're walking and, it, and it's, I think I left from, we had teacher training, so I had pants on and a shirt and it's like 100 degrees outside. But I was like, hey, I'll, I guess I'll get a workout out of it. But remember, he said he does this a couple times a day. So we're walking and I'm thinking we're almost at the end of it. And he said, oh, just so, by the way, uh, this is a six-mile trail. <laughs> and, and I say, hey, there goes that suffering verse. <laughs> Amen. So we walked the trail, and at one point he was saying, well, what can we do? What can I do? Can you pray? Can, can we pray? Can we do this? Can we? And I said, yeah, we can pray. And, and I led him in the sinner's prayer, and he decided to give his life to Christ. <laughs> Amen. And so as that happened, he still has questions. Nobody has it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. And he's still going through struggles and, and battles. And, and I was teaching him how to pray, how to, how to pray for his marriage, how to pray for different things like that. And I gave him verses. We were going over things. It, it was the same discipleship that I learned from pastor, the same discipleship that we learned from the word of God. And so the following week, which was last week, Things are still tough, but he's seeing hope. And so we went on our, our walk again Thursday, and I was prepared. I say, hey, I already know it's going to be six miles. I got to fake it and act like my legs aren't tired and, and do all of that. And so we, we went, and he was like, man, I've been, meaning to, I've been waiting to tell you this story. I said, what happened? And he was like, he had his daughter, and he took her to Great Wolf Lodge that Wednesday last week. And he was like, back when his family was all together, they'd go to Disney World or whichever one's in Florida. They'd go three times. They would go every three months. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so uh, 
they would go every three months and he was like, he was staying in a hotel and he wanted to do something for his daughter. So he got that and he was like, it was going to cost him a lot. And he was like, he was willing to sleep in his car for a couple of days to save money. So he took her there and he picks up his daughter at nine. And so he was saying, man, I just want to have as much time to spend with her as possible. And the hotel said the earliest you can check in is at four. So he was like, I was praying. And so he prayed that he can get in there earlier. Then he called somebody and they said two o'clock. So he was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait till two. We're just going to go there now. So they went now and said, hey, we can do an activity while we wait for the room. So he goes in for the activity. They say, oh, uh, by the way, your room is ready. And it's 10 o'clock in the morning. So he was like, man, thank you, God. So they go out to a little water area. So he said, man, imagine this. He said, I'm with my daughter, shirt off. He was like, I'm a Mexican and my chest is tatted up, my stomach is tatted up, and some older white man comes up to me and points at one of my tattoos and says, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Because he had a cross. And he was like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still struggling with that. And, and that's what he told me. He said, well, come here, son. He was like, I want to I pray with you. And so they prayed. And he says, is this your daughter? And he was like, yeah, this is my daughter. Because he has a four-year-old daughter. And he said, does she like dinosaurs? And he was like, dinosaur. He said, dinosaurs is me and my daughter's thing. He said, it used to drive my wife crazy. He was like, she, she wants to, he said, paleontologist or something. It's something, something that sounded very smart. He said, that's what his daughter wanted to be where they look up bones or something that has to do with dinosaurs. And he was like, she loves dinosaurs. He said, whenever he's with her, he has to act like a dinosaur. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And so uh, the, guy said, the guy said, well, does she like T-Rex? And he was like, she loves T-Rex. That's her favorite. And he was like, I have a T-Rex tatted on my forearm. So we showed the guy the tattoo. And he was like, well, I own a museum I can't remember what city. It's like a big museum park with nothing but dinosaurs. He was like, bring your daughter there. She can play, and we can talk, and things like that. And so he, the guy gave him his card and gave him a prayer book. So I looked at him. I said, man, I thought prayer doesn't work. <laughs> and he was like, man. <laughs> Amen. So that's, 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 that's the vision. That's why we want to be sent out. It's not, I've, I've had different people over the time say, well, do you know anybody there? Do you do, you do this there? Do you, who's coming? But doesn't matter. God has it all planned. One of, one of the things in Pastor Marshall's message, he said, God doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be obedient. And so whatever vision in, in our carnal mind of, hey, we want it to be like this, hey, whatever we can think of, God's plan is better than that. Amen. So if he, he's going to provide seed to the sower, he's going to plant, he'll bring in people. This is a person, me and the guy, we joked, he was like, man, we've, we've probably been around each other for five years. And he was like, and we've probably never, everything has been strictly business. He was like, we haven't had a conversation. We haven't had anything about anything. And he said, and now I'm here with you walking through a trail. I said, yeah, I know. And, and when we were walking, we were walking in Allen. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Allen. That's like one of my first few times. It's different over there. And when I mean different, I mean we're going on those walks. You see people with dogs, no leashes. I'm like, what are they? He said, he said, it's, he said, it's Allen, dude. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not used to that. <laughs> and I'll give this because it's the last, it's the last service of the day. So the last time when we were going, we were done with the trail. 
And I'm like, and it was dark. I was like, do you see that? He was like, man, that's a German shepherd. And he was like, they're, they're not dogs you just want to pet. And I was like, he was like, do you want to pray right here? I was like, no, we're going to keep going up a little, <laughs> a little more than we, we can pray over there. And so, but, and, and, it, and it was funny, he texted me the other day. He was like, man, I went on the trail again. I saw that dog again. I was like, hey, it's time to pick a new trail. And he, <laughs> and, and he said, no, I was here first. I said, all right. <laughs> well, when we go, we're going to find another trail. <laughs> But, but God, can, God can use situations. I remember when I first got saved, or before I got saved, Pastor, it was one day after we played, and we were by the truck walking out, and we probably talked for hours about the things of God, and I shared things that I was going through. And it's, it's just amazing how that cycle continues. And so we're excited about going to Garland. We know that God is going to bring in people that are hurting, going through situations, and this is a beautiful picture. This is a beautiful example because we have people who've gone through everything you can think of. And I've been able to see God do it. It's one thing if it was just stuff out of a book. But I've seen this book come alive in this place. Amen. As I begin to close, if the musicians can come forward. As I begin to close, if everyone can bow their head and close their, eye, close their eyes. Maybe you're in this place this morning and, and you're hearing the story and you're thinking, man, I, I know God and I love God, but could, could he do something in my life? There's nothing special about me. I'm, I'm human just like, like everyone else. I was lost. But God set me free. God changed my life. And he can do the same for everyone in this place. How many in this place this morning, with eyes closed and nobody looking, can say that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior? And I'm not asking this morning if, if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking this morning if if you, if you have a Bible, I'm not asking if, if you pray every day. Because growing up, my parents took me to church. I prayed. I know the Lord's Prayer. I knew all of that stuff. But if the Lord called me home or he came back at any point when I was in college or my early 20s, despite being able to pray and read and say the right words, I would have ended up in hell because I didn't know him. You don't, you don't go to heaven off of a head knowledge. Jesus gave his life. He sacrificed everything. He came down from heaven and he died on the cross for our sins and took our place. And there's nothing that we can do to justify being good enough but to accept the free gift of salvation, accept him taking our place. And if you're in this place this morning and, and, and the Holy Spirit is tugging at you, or maybe you don't even know what it is, but you just feel something in your spirit, or maybe you feel uneasy and you know Hey, there's a decision that has to be made. Allow God to work in you. I remember that date in September in 2013, whenever there were times whenever I was in college and I knew I wasn't living right and I wanted to make changes, but I, I could never, it was all just a phase. It would last two or three days and I'd go back to doing what I was doing. But it wasn't until that time that 
God asked me to fully surrender and give him everything. And I gave up the alcohol. I gave up smoking. I gave up relationships. I gave up all kinds of things. And there's never one, there hasn't been one time over this nine years that I regret any of that. Because we serve a God that he has plans for us that we can't even imagine. He wants to do things that he sees things in us that even our friends and family don't see in us. And he wants to be Lord of our hearts tonight. And if you're in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed and, and you would like to make Jesus Lord of your life, I'd ask you to just lift your hand up and put it back down. I want to pray for you. Praise God, I see that hand. Praise God, I see that hand. Praise God, I see those hands. If you're in this place and, and, and there's something telling you that if, if God forbid you were to breathe your last breath today or Jesus was to come back and return, you know you're, you're not in good standing with him. And, and there's a lot of false teachings out there that, well, because I got saved in a church, that's, that's my ticket to heaven. I don't have to do anything else. I can live how I want. I can do whatever I want. And that goes back to discipleship. Demas, Demas was ministering. Demas was traveling and going different places. And yet at the end of the day, he got comfortable with the things in this world and he forsook the Lord. I don't want anybody to leave this place without the opportunity to confess Jesus and the opportunity to be saved and to be changed and to be transformed. So if you're in this place and, and maybe you didn't lift up your hand, but you, you want me to pray for you, I just ask that raise your hand and put it back down. Praise God. I see that hand. And, and now I want to make a second call. Maybe you're in this place and you have known the Lord. At one point you were walking with him. You were serving him. You knew him. He changed your life. He changed your thoughts. He changed how you interacted. He gave you peace. But things happen in life, and maybe we got comfortable. Maybe distractions came in. Maybe our priorities changed. And Jesus is calling you back this morning. He wants to be Lord again. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Amen. Now, if you lifted your hand at any point in time, I'd ask you to stand and, and go to the nearest aisle and come forward. I want to I pray with you. It's something that many people have done in this place. If you lifted your hand, I want to I pray for you. Don't be ashamed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God wants to do something special in each and every one of you. I could, I could share testimonies of what he's done in my life, what he's done in my family's life, what he's done in my wife's life. Could probably write a book on the things that God has done. He's a God that forgives. He's a God that heals. He's a God that saves. There's nothing that you've done in the past that you can't be forgiven for. There's no lie of the enemy. There's, no, there's nothing anybody can tell you that can take you away from God's love. Amen. And I want to just commend you all on making this decision. If you all could kind of slide forward a little closer together, please. And if everyone here can repeat after me as we pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of a Savior. Your word tells us all have sinned 
and all fall short of the glory of God. But you took my place. You took my sin. You took my shame on the cross so I could be set free. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Wash away my sins. Make me a new creation from this day forward. And from this day forward, I choose to serve you. I choose to seek you. Lord, thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.